Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. So I've decided to take a bit of a shift here, and I'm going to offer this new series starting with this episode And I wanted to share something deeply personal with you all. And it was an interesting way that this decision came about. And I was watching, actually, a Netflix series called The Maid. And I got all the way through it, except for the last episode. And what happened was... You know, my husband went downstairs to watch football, okay, because you couldn't get the local channels on our TV in the living room. So he went downstairs to do that, and I just thought, I'm not waiting for him. I think I'm just going to watch this last episode by myself, which, in retrospect, was probably wise. I think I cried through a lot of that last episode, and even all the way through watching The Maid, it You know, I could do one and then, all right, that's enough of that. It really kind of jangled my sensibilities, my emotions, and brought me back to a time in my life that pretty much I have ignored, you know, keep it in the past and move forward. And and that's been in a healthy way, I say that. So, but what happened with that last episode was, and the trauma that I you know, encountered as I watched it was I realized, and it's not that I didn't know this, but when she finally gets out and on her own and she's driving to school and she's gotten out of the abusive situation, and it took a lot, there's a lot of twists and turns, you know, that she took with attempting to get help and assistance and everything else. You know, I knew I was watching my own story from many years ago. You know, I I had a son tell me I should write a book about where my journey has taken me and I thought, well, I don't I don't know. I'm not one to throw people under the bus whether they deserve it or not. I just I couldn't figure out how to write it, but when this uh Netflix series came up, I felt like I could at least say that was my story. I never cleaned houses, and I had two little boys in in tow, but I worked the, um, well, I finished my bachelor's degree on a Pell Grant, let's say that, and I did, you know, use at the time food stamps, and I did avail myself of whatever the system would help me with, which is, you know, it was a respectable way to get through and finish my degree so that I could stand on my own two feet. But all of the trauma of all of that, in the midst of that, let's say, 
is when Jesus broke into my life. And and I decided I wanted to share this. I even bounce this off of my spiritual director because I still have people that journey with me. And she pointed something out, or rather, she asked the question, where is the power in this story that you're going to share? And, and we came to the place where we said it, it was a transformation the transformation that Jesus made, and then the transformation that I had along the way with other people who helped me step by step along the way. If I ever did write a story about all of that, I would write it and call it something like people along the way, because it was other people, um, mostly other Christians, that came alongside me for different periods of time, for different reasons, and in different ways that helped me to go on this path. So here I am, I'm a coach today. I I am doing this because I want to mentor other people. I want to help other people with their next steps. I want to help them through any kind of transformation. But I realized that I needed to share this uh, part of my life. And no, I'm not going to go backwards and give a lot of gory details. I'm going to just say, that I lived that. And by the grace of God, here I stand today. And by the grace of God working through other people, I stand here today. So I want to journey with other people. And if you don't have a coach, if you don't have a spiritual director, if you don't have a spiritual companion, you need to get one or you need to be with someone else along their journey. And that is something that I fear may be lost due to all of the social media. You know, it's not like we're becoming more socially adept people here. It seems to me like we're becoming less social and less able to talk to people. We're all, you know, driven by different anxieties. And some of us are introverts like myself. And we're like, okay, you know, I can only do people a big room of people I don't know for so long. And then I have to go recharge or um, just different other social ineptness that's going down today. And, And God created other people so that we could be together and we could be gifts one to another. So maybe uh, this is a call for your love in action towards somebody else. And I would say to you, I'm always here to uh, journey with you as well through any kind of coaching or consulting kind of relationship that that I could offer. So, and, you know, on my Facebook and, and you know, other things, website, is it's all there. But, you know, I'll put that in the show notes. But anyhow, that's not even the main point of why I decided to share this. And, and the funny thing is I'm married to a man who he typically is very gracious and doesn't come down hard and fast on one thing. You know, he'll show you both sides of the equation and never just, you know, weigh in totally. Well, I see this person's perspective and, you know, maybe they're, the other people are thinking this. And, you know, but when I said to him where I had gone after talking to my coach, my spiritual director, and I said, I'm thinking about sharing this and owning my past and talking about it. And uh, he said to me, I said, what do you think? And he said, well, when are you going to do it? I don't know if that was 
a thing about you're not getting any younger. <laughs> I don't know. But I th- found it really interesting that the nudge came from him as well. So I am sharing that. I am owning that. And I was a single mom on food stamps, Pell Grants, and any kind of aid I could get for two or three years till I could get my feet underneath myself. And it, it wasn't an easy thing to do. And God was very good to me. And God was very good to me through other people. While I was still in that dark time and dark place in my life, I had a neighbor do an action. And I'm going to come down really firmly and strongly on love is an action. And the action began with a note in my mailbox. And she must have put it there before, no, after, after the mailman came, because, you know, you this didn't have a stamp on it or anything. And I just went down there and there was a note from somebody down the street that wanted to buy my rabbit hutches, which I didn't have any rabbits, but I bought a home where there were rabbit hutches or, you know, and that, uh, that's where I lived at the time. So I thought, well, I'm not going to get any rabbits. So I called her and said, well, yeah, sure. And they ended up buying the rabbit hutches from me. But more than that, you know, we were new to the neighborhood. And more than that, a friendship developed over time. And we would just talk on the phone. I was a young mom at that point. I think I just had one, one little boy and another one was on the way. And we just chatted and got to know each other. And I knew she went to church, you know, and I thought, well, just how nice is that? I mean, I had a Catholic upbringing, but that only went up to age 12, you know, when I uh, decided I knew better (laughs) and knew best. And my family moved to a new neighborhood and we just all stopped going. And I thought that was just fine with me anyway. Even though I had, as a young teen, played the guitar for folk mass, you know. So I had some spiritual rumblings, but for some reason around age 12 or 13, I thought I knew better anyhow. So I knew um, that they went to church, and I'm going to call her Sally because I just, I don't want to violate anybody's privacy here. So Sally befriended me. Sally went to church, I mean, like regularly and everything, and, and I just thought, well, that's that's just nice. I mean, she was kind to me and and didn't really talk much about church, except she might say, well, I have to go. I have to get my girls ready. We're going to go up to the church this evening for whatever. And that was it. That was it. So as time went on, though, and my situation got darker and darker and things escalated in the home I was in, I finally broke one day and I told her, about what was going on in my life and in my home. And at that point, I think I had uh, two little ones. And she said this to me, she said, you need Jesus. And I thought, oh, yeah, like, what is Jesus going to do about this mess? Because it was a mess. It was a mess that I had piloted my own life into. I could look at my choices and decisions and know and own my part. That's for sure. So and I really couldn't figure out what Jesus was gonna do about this. So anyway, and another action that she did was it was Easter Sunday, you know, keep in mind now this relationship has been going on for a while. She never invited me to church. She didn't. 
you know, she just was my friend. And she just cared for me. And she loved me. Uh, Speaking of actions, one of the greatest things that um, she ever did that, you know, and this is now we're talking more like, yeah, for 30 years ago ish plus, I don't know, I'd have to sit and calculate and I didn't do that kind of math for this for you. Sorry. But I had an unfortunate accident due to a horse riding situation in my backyard. And I had a little one that was not quite three and a six week old baby. And we were in the backyard, Uh, the horse decided to pitch and buck and someone slammed into me and I, I ended up slammed into the side of the barn. You know, we were kind of getting out of the way of a bucking horse. And and I ended up with a broken upper arm, and that was very bad. It was bad, <laughs> really bad. And my friend, Sally, called me on the phone, and we were talking, and I was quite upset at what I could not do in my home, and just it just didn't help. It didn't make things better that I was pretty non-functional. And I heard her ask me, I... I want to come down. Well, she didn't really ask now that I think about it. She said, I'm going to come down and wash your hair for you. I bet that would feel really good for you. And I just said, well, okay. But that was probably one of the weirder things that anybody's ever offered. I mean, except if you go to the salon, but you kind of know what you're in for then. And I hung up the phone and she was going to come later that afternoon when it was nap time, you know, and I... um. I almost called her back. I almost called her back because I thought, uh, I, how she can't do that for me. I, I don't deserve that. I really, at that point, you know, and that's prior to accepting Christ, I really didn't see myself as anybody worth a whole lot. I was living in an, in an environment that reinforced that kind of idea heavily daily chronically, if you get my drift. So I, uh, I almost called her back, but I something stopped me. And I let her come. And I let her wash my hair. And I'm getting a little choked. But she brought everything with her. She brought um, an attachment to the uh, faucet so that she could, you know, wash my hair properly. She brought the shampoo, she brought conditioner, she brought brushes, she brought everything. And she washed my hair, which, you know, is, I don't know, it felt a lot like uh, she was washing my feet. And I have to tell you, when I've been in foot washing services, I don't really get into that as much as others do. But um, in that moment, looking back now, it seems like it was a pretty holy moment, actually. So I uh, let her wash my hair. Um... It was a couple of months later. Well, it might have been more than that, more than six months later, and our friendship continued. Um, It was Easter, and she stopped by my house on the way to church Easter Sunday morning, and she dropped off a Bible and just said, here, I'd like you to have this. And I I thanked her. I thought that was very kind, and she wrote this big, long, oh, I don't know, big, long, letter to me in the inside of it about what I would find inside that Bible. And I got to tell you, I got that thing out and I just started reading. I'm not someone that has a date 
I'm not somebody I can say on this date. I have a season. It was that Easter and spring season where I just sat and read and sat and read at my kitchen table. And I'm going to end there uh, for this for this uh, session. And I'm going to tell you what happens next in the next few series. You know, this will be a whole series. I've not done a series before, but that's what I'm going to do here. And I think what I want to stress to you more than my story was I want you to focus on the people that God sent to me. And I want to ask you, are you that for other people? Because today, more than ever, um, love is an action. It has to be something observable, something that if you were doing running video, you could see it, which I guess just sitting at your kitchen table uh, feeling sorry for somebody or, or, you know, feeling bad because somebody's in great pain is not enough anymore. It really is not. And I want to continue to share this story because it's a story of transformation, but it's also a story of how other people, God used other people, people with skin on to come along and rescue me. And that is what I realized after watching The Maid. I realized that that was my connection to doing this. I thought it was at first that I was a pastor that led four and a half churches through a merger and all the other capital campaign and community needs survey and all the stuff that I did and I was burnt out at the end and that's why I want to be a coach and that's why I want to walk with people. But no, it seems that it goes further back. It goes further back for me to when I believed that I was junk and how God showed me that I'm not junk And that is the basis for why I want to champion self-care and how you can go the distance with God. That is the motivation behind my coaching, mentoring, and any of the ministry that I am doing as the crabby pastor so that, you know, and and then it always is topped off rather nicely by the fact that I, I think I have a crabby disposition at times. And I don't want to really live into that if I can help it. <laughs> so um, so stay with me and journey with me through this series. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, Make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>